30. Night Kadash. From Morals and Dogma of the Ancient and Accepted Scottish Rite of Freemasonry by Albert Pike. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dale Grothman. Night Kadash by Albert Pike. We often profit more by our enemies than by our friends. We support ourselves only on that which resists, and owe our success to opposition. The best friend of masonry in America were the anti-masons of 1826, and at the same time they were its worst enemies. Men are but automata of providence, and it uses the demagogue, the fanatic, and the knave, a common trinity in republics, as its tools and instruments to effect that which they do not dream, and which they imagine themselves commissioned to prevent. The anti-masons, traitors and perjurers some, and some mere political knaves, purified masonry by persecution, and so proved to be its benefactors, for that which is persecuted grows. To them its present popularity is due, the cheapening of its degrees, the invasion of its lodges that are no longer sanctuaries by the multitude its pomp and pageantry and overdone display a hundred years ago it had become known that the perens hebrew kaddish and perens were the templars under a veil and therefore the degree was prescribed and ceasing to be worked became a mere brief and formal ceremony under another name now from the tomb in which after his murders he rotted clement v howls against the successors of his victims in the allocution of pio nono against the freemasons the ghosts of the dead templars haunt the vatican and disturb the slumbers of the paralyzed papacy which dreading the dead shrieks out its excommunications and impotent anathemas against the living it is a declaration of war and was needed to arouse apathy and inertness into action an enemy of the templars shall tell us the secret of this papal hostility against an order which has existed for centuries in despite of its anathemas and has its sanctuaries and asyla even in rome it will be easy as we read to separate the false from the true the audacious conjectures from the simple facts a power that ruled without antagonism and without concurrence and consequently without control proved fatal to the sacerdotal royalties while the republics on the other hand had perished by the conflict of liberties and franchises which in the absence of all duty hierarchically sanctioned and enforced had soon become mere tyrannies rivals one of the other to find a stable medium between those two abysses the idea of the christian hierophants was to create a society devoted to abnegation by solemn vows protected by severe regulations which should be recruited by initiation and which sole depository of the great religious and social secrets should make kings and pontiffs without exposing it to the corruptions of power in that was the secret of the kingdom of jesus christ which without being of this world would govern all its grandeurs this idea presided at the foundation of the great religious orders so often at war with the secular authorities ecclesiastical or civil 
its realization was also the dream of the dissident sects of gnostic or illuminari who pretended to connect their faith with the primitive tradition of the christianity of saint john it at length became a menace to the church and society when a rich and dissolute order initiated in the mysterious doctrines of the kabbalah seemed disposed to turn against legitimate authority and conservative principle of hierarchy and threaten the entire world with an immense revolution the templars whose history is so imperfectly known were those terrible conspirators in eleven eighteen nine knights crusaders in the east among whom were geoffroy de saint omar and hugh de Payens, consecrated themselves to religion and took an oath between the hands of the patriarch of constantinople a see always secretly or openly hostile to that of rome from the time of photius the avowed object of the templars was to protect the christians who came to visit the holy places their secret object was to rebuild the temple of solomon on a model prophesied by ezekiel this rebuilding formally predicted by the judaizing mystics of an earlier age had become the secret dream of the patriarchs of the orient the temple of solomon rebuilt and consecrated to the catholic worship would become in effect the metropolis of the universe the east would prevail over the west and the patriarchs of constantinople would possess themselves of the papal power the templars or poor fellow soldiery of the holy house of the temple intended to be rebuilt took as their models in the bible the warrior masons of zorobabel who worked holding a sword in one hand and the trowel in the other therefore it was that the sword and the trowel were the insignia of the templars who subsequently as will be seen concealed themselves under the name of brethren masons this name Frères Macon in the French, adopted by way of a secret reference to the builders of the Second Temple, was corrupted in English into Freemasons, as Pythagore de Croton was into Peter Gower of Gorton in England. Carom, or Curum, the name misrendered into Hiram, from the artificer in brass and other metals, became the chief builder of the Haikal Kadash, the holy house of the Temple the hydras damas and the words bonai and bonayim yet appear in the masonic degrees meaning builder and builders the trowel of the templars is quadruple and the triangular plates of it are arranged in the form of a cross making the kabbalistic pentacle known by the name of the cross of the east the knight of the east and the knight of the east and west have in their titles secret allusions to the templars of whom they were at first the successors the secret thought of hugh de Payan in founding his order was not exactly to serve the ambitions of the patriarchs of constantinople there existed at that period in the east a sect of johannite christians who claimed to be the only true initiates into the real mysteries of the religion of the savior they pretended to know the real history of yesu the anointed and adopting in part the jewish traditions and the tales of the talmud they held that the facts recounted in the evangels were but allegories the key of which saint john gives in saying that the world might be filled with the books that could be written upon the words and deeds of jesus christ words which they thought 
would be only a ridiculous exaggeration if he were not speaking of an allegory and a legend that might be varied and prolonged to infinity the johannites ascribed to saint john the foundation of their secret church and the grand pontiffs of the sect assumed the title of chrysos anointed or consecrated and claimed to have succeeded one another from saint john by an uninterrupted succession of pontifical powers he who at the period of the foundation of the order of the temple claimed these imaginary prerogatives was named theoclet he knew hugh de pion he initiated him into the mysteries and the hopes of his pretended church he seduced him by the notions of sovereign priesthood and supreme royalty and finally designated him as his successor thus the order of the knights of the temple was at its very origin devoted to the cause of opposition to the tiara of rome and the crowns of kings and the apostolate of kabbalistic gnosticism was vested in its chiefs for saint john himself was the father of the gnostics and the current translation of his polemic against the heretical of his sect and the pagans who denied that christ was the word is throughout a misrepresentation or misunderstanding at least of the whole spirit of the evangel the tendencies and tenets of the order were enveloped in profound mystery and it externally professed the most perfect orthodoxy the chiefs alone knew the aim of the order the subalterns followed them without distrust to acquire influence and wealth then to intrigue and at need to fight to establish the johannites or gnostic or kabbalistic dogma were the object and means proposed to the initiated brethren the papacy and the rival monarchies they said to them are sold and bought in these days become corrupt and tomorrow perhaps will destroy each other all that will become the heritage of the temple the world will soon come to us for its sovereigns and pontiffs we shall constitute the equilibrium of the universe and be rulers over the masters of the world the templars like all other secret orders and associations had two doctrines one concealed and reserved for the masters which was johannism and the other public which was the roman catholic thus they deceived the adversaries whom they sought to supplant hence freemasonry vulgarly imagined to have begun with the dionysian architects or the german stone workers adopted saint john the evangelist as one of its patrons associating with him in order not to arouse the suspicion of rome saint john the baptist and thus covertly proclaiming itself the child of the kabbalah and the essenism together for the johannism of the adepts was the kabbalah of the earlier gnostics degenerating afterward into those heretical forms which gnosticism developed so that even marnes had his followers among them many adopted his doctrines of the two principles the recollection of which is perpetuated by the handle of the dagger and the tessellated pavement or floor of the lodge stupidly called the indented tessel and represented by great hanging tassels when it really means a tessellated floor from the latin tessera of white and black lozenges with a necessary denticulated or indented border or edging and wherever in the higher degrees the two colors white and black are in juxtaposition the two principles of zoroaster 
and mains are alluded to with others the doctrine became a mystic pantheism descending from that of the brahmins and even pushed to an idolatry of nature and hatred of every revealed dogma to this the absurd reading of the established church taking literally the figurative allegorical and mystical language of a collection of oriental books of different ages directly and inevitably led the same result long after followed the folly of regarding the hebrew books as if they had been written by the unimaginative hard practical intellect of the england of james i and the bigoted stolidity of the scottish presbyterianism the better to succeed and win partisans the templars sympathized with regrets for dethroned creeds and encouraged the hopes of new worships promising to all liberty of conscience and a new orthodoxy that should be the synthesis of all the persecuted creeds it is absurd to suppose that men of intellect adored a monstrous idol called baphomet or recognized mahomet as an inspired prophet their symbols invented ages before to conceal what was dangerous to avow was of course misunderstood by those who were not adepts and to their enemies seemed to be pantheistic the calf of gold made by Aaron for the Israelites is but one of the oxen under the laver of bronze, and the cherubim on the propitiatory misunderstood. The symbols of the wise always become the idols of the ignorant multitude. What the chiefs of the order really believed and taught is indicated to the adepts by the hints contained in the high degrees of Freemasonry, and by the symbols that only the adepts understand the blue degrees are but the outer court of the portico of the temple part of the symbols are displayed there to the initiate but he is intentionally misled by false interpretations it is not intended that he shall understand them but it is intended that he shall imagine he understands them their true explanation is reserved for the adepts the princes of masonry the whole body of the royal and sacerdotal art was hidden so carefully centuries since in the high degrees as that it is even yet impossible to solve many of the enigmas which they contain it is well enough for the masses of those called masons to imagine that all is contained in the blue degrees and whose attempt to undeceive them will labor in vain and without any true reward violate his obligations as an adept masonry is a veritable sphinx buried to the head in the sands heaped round it by the ages the seeds of decay were sown in the order of the temple at its origin hypocrisy is a mortal disease it had conceived a great work which it was incapable of executing because it knew neither humility nor personal abnegation because rome was then invincible and because the later chiefs of the order did not comprehend its mission moreover the templars were in general uneducated and capable only of wielding the sword with no qualifications for governing and at need enchaining that queen of the world called opinion the doctrines of the chiefs would if expounded to the masses have seemed to them the babblings of folly the symbols of the wise are the idols of the vulgar or else as meaningless as the hieroglyphics of egypt to the nomadic arabs there must always be a commonplace interpretation for the mass of initiates of the symbols that are eloquent to the adepts 
Hugh de Pion himself was not that keen and far-sighted intellect, nor that grandeur of purpose, which afterward distinguished the military founder of another soldiery that became formidable to kings. The Templars were unintellectual and therefore unsuccessful Jesuits. Their watchword was to become wealthy in order to buy the world. They became so, and in 1312 they possessed in Europe alone more than 9,000 seigneuries. Riches were the shoal on which they were wrecked. They became insolent and unwisely showed their contempt for the religion and the social institutions which they aimed to overthrow. Their ambition was fatal to them. Their projects were divined and prevented. Rome, more intolerant of heresy than of vice and crime, came to fear the order, and fear is always cruel. It has always deemed philosophical truth the most dangerous of heresies, and has never been at a loss for a false accusation by means of which to crush free thought. Pope Clement V and King Philip le Bel gave the signal to Europe, and the Templars, taken as it were in the immense net, were arrested, disarmed, and cast into prison. Never was a coup d'etat accomplished with a more formidable concert of action. The whole earth was struck with stupor, and eagerly waited for the strange revelations of the process that was to echo through so many ages. It was impossible to unfold to the people the conspiracy of the Templars against the thrones and the tiara. It was impossible to expose to them the doctrines of the chiefs of the order. This would have been to initiate the multitude into the secrets of the masters, and to have uplifted the veil of Isis. Recourse was therefore had to the charge of magic, and the denouncers and false witnesses were easily found. When the temporal and spiritual tyrannies unite to crush a victim, they never want for serviceable instruments. The Templars were gravely accused of spitting upon Christ and denying God at their receptions, of gross obscenities, conversations with female devils, and the worship of a monstrous idol. The end of the drama is well known, and how Jacques de Molay and his fellows perished in the flames. But before his execution, the chief of the doomed order organized and instituted what afterward came to be called the occult, hermetic, or Scottish masonry. In the gloom of his prison, the Grand Master created four metropolitan lodges, at Naples for the east, at Edinburgh for the west, at Stockholm for the north, and at Paris for the south. The initials of his name, J. B. M., found in the same order in the first three degrees, are but one of the many internal and cogent proofs that such is the origin of modern Freemasonry. The legend of Osiris was revived and adopted to symbolize the destruction of the order and the resurrection of Kurum, slain in the body of the temple, of Kurum Abai, the master, as the martyr of fidelity to obligation, of truth and conscience, prophesy the restoration to life of the buried association. The Pope and the King soon after perished in a strange and sudden manner. Sequin de Florian, the chief denouncer of the order, died assassinated. In breaking the sword of the Templars, they made it into a poniard, and their prescribed trowels henceforth built only tombs. 
the order disappeared at once its estates and wealth were confiscated and it seemed to have ceased to exist nevertheless it lived under other names and governed by unknown chiefs revealing itself only to those who in passing through a series of degrees had proven themselves worthy to be entrusted with the dangerous secret the modern orders that have styled themselves templars have assumed a name to which they have not a shadow of a title the successors of the ancient adepts rose croy abandoning by degrees the austere and hierarchical science of their ancestors in initiation became a mystic sect united with many of the templars the dogmas of the two intermingling and believing themselves to be the sole depositories of the secrets of the gospel of st john seeing in its recitals an allegorical series of rites proper to complete the initiation the initiates in fact thought in the eighteenth century that their time had arrived some to found a new hierarchy others to overturn all authority and to press down all the summits of the social order under the level of equality the mystical meanings of the rose as a symbol are to be looked for in the kabbalistic commentaries on the canticle the rose is for the initiates the living and blooming symbol of a revelation of the harmonies of being it was the emblem of beauty life love and pleasure flamel or the book of the jew abraham made it the hieroglyphical sign of the accomplishment of the great work such was the key of the roman de la rosa the conquest of the rose was the problem propounded to science by initiation while religion was laboring to prepare and establish the universal triumph exclusive and definite of the cross to unite the rose to the cross was the problem proposed by the high initiation and in fact the occult philosophy being the universal synthesis ought to explain all the phenomena of being religion considered solely as a philosophical fact is the revelation and satisfaction of a necessity of souls its existence is a scientific fact to deny it would be to deny humanity itself the rose croix adepts respected the dominant hierarchical and revealed religion consequently they could no more be the enemies of the papacy than of the legitimate monarchy and if they conspired against the popes and kings it was because they considered them personally as apostates from duty and supreme favorers of anarchy what in fact is a despot spiritual or temporal but a crowned anarchist one of the magnificent panicles that expresses the esoteric and unutterable part of science is the rose of light in the center of which a human form extends its arms in the form of a cross commentaries and studies have been multiplied upon the divine comedy the work of dante and yet no one as far as we know has pointed out its especial character the work of the great ghibellini is a declaration of war against the papacy by bold revelations of the mysteries the epic of dante is johannite and gnostic an audacious application like that of the apocalypse of the figures and numbers of the kabbalah to the christian dogmas and a secret negation of everything absolute in these dogmas 
his journeys through the supernatural worlds is accomplished like the initiation into the mysteries of Elysius and Thebes he escapes from that gulf of hell over the gate of which the sentence of despair is written by reversing the position of his head and feet that is to say by accepting the direct opposite of the Catholic dogma and then he reascends to the light by using the devil himself as a monstrous ladder Faust ascends to heaven by stepping on the head of the vanquished Mephistopheles hell is impassable for those who only know how to turn back from it we free ourselves from its bondage by audacity his hell is but a negative purgatory his heaven is composed of a series of Kabbalistic circles divided by a cross like the pentacle of Ezekiel in the center of this cross blooms a rose and we see the symbol of the adepts of the rose croix for the first time publicly expounded and almost categorically explained for the first time because Guillaume de Loris who died in 1260 five years before the birth of Alighieri had not completed his Roman de la Rosa which was continued by Chopinel a half century afterward one is astonished to discover that the Roman de la Rosa and the Divina Commedia are two opposite forms of one and the same work initiation into independence of spirit a satire on all contemporary institutions and the allegory formula of the great secrets of the society of the roses croix the important manifestation of occultism concluded with the period of the fall of the templars since john de la ming or chopinel contemporary of the old age of dante flourished during the best years of his life at the court of philip de bell the roman de la rosa is an epic of old france it is a profound book under the form of levity a revelation as learned as that of apuleius of the mysteries of occultism the rose of flamel and that of jean de mung and that of dante grew on the same stem swedenborg's system is nothing else than the kabbalah minus the principle of hierarchy it is the temple without the keystone and the foundation calistero was an agent of the templars and therefore wrote to the freemasons of london that the time had come to begin the work of rebuilding the temple of the eternal he had introduced into masonry a new rite called the egyptian and endeavored to resuscitate the mysterious worship of isis the three letters l p d on his seal were the initials of the words lilia pedibus destroy tread underfoot the lilies of france and the masonic medal of the sixteenth and seventeenth century was upon it a sword cutting off the stock of a lily and the words talum deput ultio mesum such harvest revenge will give a lodge inaugurated under the auspices of rousseau the fanatic of geneva became the center of the revolutionary movement in france and a prince of the blood royal went thither to swear the destruction of the successors of philip le bel on the tomb of jacques de molay the registers of the order of the templars attest that the regent the duc d'orleans was the grand master of that formidable secret society and that his successors were the duc de maine the prince of bourbon conde and the duc de croisset brissac the templars co-permitted the king they saved him from the rage of the people to exasperate that rage and bring on the catastrophe prepared for centuries it was a scaffold that the revenge of the templars demanded 
the secret movers of the french revolution had sworn to overturn the throne and the altar upon the tomb of jacques de molay when louis sixteen was executed half the work was done and thenceforth the army of the temple was to direct all its efforts against the pope jacques de molay and his companions were perhaps martyrs but their avengers dishonored their memory royalty was regenerated on the scaffold of louis the sixteenth the church triumphed in the captivity of pius the sixth carried a prisoner to valence and dying of fatigue and sorrow but the successors of the ancient knights of the temple perished overwhelmed in their fatal victory the end of thirty knight kadash by albert pike